podcast. Oh shit. <laughs> yes. What's up, people? <laughs> Welcome to Creative Theory Podcast. I just messed up the music intro, but I think it's okay because it's still going. The beats are good. How's it going? Welcome to Creative Theory Podcast, a show that brings you conversations with visual artists about how they got to where they got, what their day to day is like, what their struggles are, what their thoughts are on the art world, world and a lot more. Uh, my name is Ilya. I'm the host, and today we got a. I'm super excited for this one. Today we got a very special artist, painter from Mercury BC, graphic designer, mural artist, graffiti writer. You just, I mean, you could keep stacking them. He's also a basketball pro player, but turned art pro later. He's an <laughs> avid camper. I think that's a thing too. Also, he's got a show coming up on May 11th at Kimoto Gallery, and we're gonna get into that for sure. Scott Sumi. Hello. Thank you so much for joining. How's it going, man? Yeah, thanks for having me. So you, I mean, just going through that list and the amount of work you've done and like in these different avenues, I was actually trying to show my friend recently your Instagram. I was talking about the podcast and I was scrolling down because I wanted to see some of your previous work. One, I didn't realize how much graffiti you used to do. Two, you really, it felt like there was a time where you didn't uh, mix your fine art and graffiti art. Would you use, like, is that true? Was it on purpose or no? Yeah, I think um, I definitely, it, it came a point where I started to see them as two separate practices. Mm -hmm. And um, I think, uh, yeah, I used to do a lot of, a lot of graffiti. Um, it's kind of my introduction to artwork actually mm -hmm. was through um, just the culture of it and just um, um, painting and uh, all that kind of stuff. But um yeah, I used to I used to see them as, I think, um, I used to see graffiti as art when I was solely doing that. But mm. then uh, it came to a point where um, taking it out of context, like showing graf graffiti art in a gallery, just didn't seem to make much sense. Like mm -hmm. it almost seemed that graffiti belonged kind of in context of you know where it was. Um, where it was born, like either on trains or uh, in the street and out outside in the public sphere. Yeah. So taking it into galleries, it just didn't seem to uh, resonate in the same way. It didn't sort of feel like, a th uh, I don't want to say authentic, but just felt different. So mm -hmm. Just because like uh, on its own graffiti is such a pure form, but uh, the, the, the fact of posting graffiti artwork along the stuff that you would make at a studio was it a conscious choice to cause, uh, like I said from my um, it w I had an impression that for a while it was only graffiti and then like I think the switch was almost like at least on social media it was pretty quick it was like all of a sudden it was mostly your studio work you know the letters that you're doing mm -hmm. yeah I um, yeah I think um, a lot of the times I was just sort of trying to figure out what I wanted uh, what I wanted to do mm -hmm. um, whether it was to like continue doing graffiti or um, transition and just uh, do fine art. And a lot of it was just to kind of, um, I liked how graffiti was uh, an inclusive culture, but it was also kind of limiting in that sense too, like only being able to reach a certain group of people, like aside from, you know, audience saying, oh, I like the colors of what you're doing, or I like the style. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely a, like, um, a sport for the subculture and um, you know I think my desire to kind of reach a, a larger audience with my work or have uh, meaning that wasn't that was beyond just like letter forms and 
um, things like that, it uh, pushed me to like want to create fine art that was, you know, a little bit yeah. uh, more progressive or had more um, more opportunity to it. I like that he called it a sport. Is it? <laughs> is it actually? Yeah. It. N well, no. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, I, th I do kind of um, think about it in in terms of. Um, it's very action-based graffiti. It's and very, I, I um, think uh, it was either you or James mentioning to me how um, just like uh, the race to be the most visible or, you know, like the highest, like, you know, the higher up or kind of the notoriety of it, like you were saying, it's almost like, that's why I like the analogy of sports is that like it feels like, okay, I got to get there before someone else does. Or Totally, yeah. yeah. It's, uh, it's definitely very, very action-based, um, <laughs> which is, it's interesting, like, I think, graffiti informs my work now and in, in so many different different ways that um you know are beyond just the aesthetics of what my paintings look like mm -hmm. but but yeah a lot of that uh that militant kind of attitude or just um you know how holding a spray can and going up to a wall is, is almost like a full body kind of motion mm -hmm. and uh commitment and you know the time frames that you're you know you're often you know whether you're painting it illegally or legally it's um you know, often you're doing things rather quickly or covering a large surface area mm -hmm. in a short period of time. And, and yeah, at times it does feel kind of, kind of like a sport. That's yeah. cool. Now that I think about it, uh, I guess it, it, it really makes sense why you, you do work uh, in larger format. I mean, now that you've mentioned it, the fact like that you're using your body, I wonder if that's like a conscious or subconscious, like leftovers of uh, street culture, like just working big because yeah, you get your body going. Uh, as we're chatting, uh, your Instagram is Scott Sumi at, yeah, that's Katsumi on Instagram, right? Yeah, that's S C O T T S U E M E. Very nice. Yeah. yeah, so scroll down, scroll down the way if you want to see some graffiti. It's been a while. Yeah, I haven't done as much house cleaning as I should have. <laughs> I mean, I think if you go down earlier <laughs> to my feed, there's uh, some really uh, uh, grainy and filtered. Oh, that's how uh, everyone started out on Instagram. <laughs> Before we knew how to take like proper photos and filters and not very cool actually. And the little border that you put around your arm. Oh yeah, yeah, don't do that. Lots of those. They're still down <laughs> there. So if you if you feel like wasting your time, <laughs> uh, yeah, scroll sc scroll right on down. Uh, but I think it's kind of exciting. I don't know. I, I did go back and I didn't delete a lot, but I remember deleting a couple of pictures. But I think it's kind of cool to be able to see, uh, Not it's like history or what? what's the other word um, you can use? Yeah, you're seeing a progression, and it's like growing up of a person. Totally, it's like a, yeah, a timeline. Yeah, right? to exactly. Yeah. I mean that. That's yeah. Let's go. But I, I really like that. I mean, I guess like when you're a little kid, like things you did are embarrassing. I think it's probably the same thing in art. Like when sure. you look at your Instagram. Sure. <laughs> like, yeah, if you scroll down too low. I think um, it's um, I've seen a couple of videos of kids who've like taken pictures of themselves every single day. Wow. Of their of their life, like um, mm -hmm. going up, and it's always such a it's crazy when you see it in like a condensed and like a totally. six minute video of, of um of your life it's, it's gonna be weird when you get really old and all that information is still there you know totally but maybe maybe kind of fun like uh, do you think you would be interested in seeing your like grandfather's timeline i mean wouldn't that be pretty fascinating yeah i think it would be cool to kind of see um you know uh, yeah, the timeline and the progression, and I think uh, within that, there's sort of like little life lessons along the way. And but also know. probably a lot of like goofy personalities where you look at adults and like they're adults, but I feel like imagine meaning like I don't know, uh, there's probably some stupid pictures I got, and then like if your kids or grandkids see these like stupid pictures of you, like oh yeah, he was a kid at some <laughs> point. Yeah, isn't totally. that just an adult all the time? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> anyway, sidetrack, but uh, I want to. 
have another quick question about this. So, but did people in the like as you're transitioning from the graffiti crowd, did people uh, look? What was everyone else's opinion on you switching to fine art? Like, because I know it's a, like you mentioned, it's quite a like a I would say graffiti crowd, a little clicky, or uh, it's a group of people. And I mean, from the outside, it seems like very tight, but maybe hard to get into and get like respect because that seems to be what it's all about. Yeah, yeah, uh, I think so. I think. Um, you know, um, keep in mind. I think in in graffiti, there's there's um, n n you know no two graffiti writers are alike in the sense that um, people have different aspirations and different goals for what they're trying to get out of um, art practice or mm -hmm. um, graffiti. It's the same. It's the same in art as well. It's um, you know people are in it for other other reasons, and I think um, in graffiti, there uh, like you mentioned, there are people that uh, are purists and uh, believe um, that that um yeah there's a certain way to do things in graffiti and uh it's definitely uh an art form that has a lot of rules uh if you yeah. want to consider it um through a cultural standpoint it's um it can get pretty detail oriented in in that sense and i think uh for me like when i first started graffiti i was um i was definitely someone that was more interested in like graffiti that had sort of like a high production value if you mm -hmm. will like um i think some of the first things that i um that i painted as a, a you know in in high school were uh productions with um um you know painted backgrounds and that kind of thing like i remember getting the source magazine in in high school and yeah. they used to have this like three-page graffiti uh spread in the back of the magazine and they would have um a lot of it was from New York, and there was a crew that did like, uh, you know, they would do like themed productions, like um, walls that uh, were like there was this one that was like a Monopoly theme. It had like the background was all like the Monopoly yeah. uh, board game, and then they had there's these like colorful, really elaborate graffiti pieces like kind of uh, pasted on top of this like themed background. And I just, I just remember looking at that and just loving the production value of it and the detail and and um, you know the craftsmanship of that but you know on on the other side there's definitely graffiti writers that are more interested in the the rush and the illegal aspect of graffiti mm -hmm. where it's either tags or just something thrown up quickly and it's you know it's definitely uh you know those two examples are not the same person mm -hmm. you know even yeah, though yeah. they both do graffiti so yeah you know i di i did get some some flack from people that uh were more the on the pure side but i think uh for myself it was just about understanding what I wanted out of out of graffiti, and and it's the same as what I want out of art now. It's uh, it's uh, I want to progress uh, stylistically or or prog progress my own practice. And I think uh, you know at the end of the day, a lot of people in graffiti kind of saw that in me. Whether I was doing graffiti or abstracts, now it's it's still the same progression. Mm -hmm. So, and you definitely evolved, and it's cool. It's cool that what you mentioned as your intent is clearly shown through your work and like through a catalog and i definitely want to touch on that but so would you say were you always studious towards art like you're saying even like trying to do a high production and graffiti like your approach to it is very like a student of art like was that always there yeah i think so like i was definitely always trying to um yeah figure figure out graffiti like from um you know whether it was different techniques and i'm definitely very process driven in my work so i, mm -hmm. I definitely like enjoy that that aspect of um art making and um 
yeah, just dissecting how to do things and um, materials and that kind of thing. I, I find that stuff very interesting. But uh, yeah, I think with graffiti and art, it's kind of the same same story. Or so. you can approach it very similar or not, I guess, just like anything else. Mm-hmm. Before we move on from this uh, graffiti thing, uh, I just thought one thing you mentioned that was curious is that the reason why you transitioned or went more like into studio work and like canvas work and then gallery stuff later is because you wanted to express your art differently. Uh, or sorry, you you mentioned how I don't think you used the word sophistication, did you? Or did I make it up? But uh-huh. like the the outcome you said, you wanted the different outcome from your art, which was a transition. Did you feel like there there's limitations, like those limitations within the graffiti world? I mean, we're seeing a lot of murals these days that are pushing it. And I know it's I know it's not the same as like the graffiti crowd. You know, it's like its own little thing now or a big thing. Sure, sure. I kind of I kind of get what you're saying. Yeah. It's um um. I almost don't want to use the word limitations because there's still people that are very progressive in graffiti exactly. and, and still reinventing, um, you know, within that realm. Yeah, but like personally, like, what was, uh, yeah. Personally, I think I was, uh, well, I think going to Emily Carr kind of, uh, you know, changed how I, going to art school, I kind of it kind of changed how I um, saw things because I was, my hands was, hands were kind of forced to do, projects that weren't based around letters yeah <laughs> which um was it good for you yeah it was well at the time i kind of hated it because i was like so obsessed with um typography and like doing graffiti letters that it was kind of uh a, a challenge for me but um it definitely forced my hand to kind of think about art in terms of you know w- what happens when you're no longer allowed to rely on that um rely on letters to kind of build your foundation of how you create things mm-hmm. And uh, I think that um, opened my mind up a little bit to kind of seeing uh, the potential beyond just letters. And there was definitely a time where I was doing um, pretty interesting graffiti work where I'd combine the idea of like abstraction or like pattern making Mm -hmm. with letter forms. And I think that was um, probably when I was painting the most like progressive uh, graffiti in uh, in my eyes, I think, Mm -hmm. just like doing um trying to combine certain things and and then i just think um yeah you want to remove the letter context and that kind of opens up what the meaning and uh purpose of your art is is about um Mm -hmm. you know it's no longer uh you know meant to be read or you know have a message to say it's it's becomes more nuanced right it's now you're evoking a feeling i guess right so yeah attached to that yeah and then there's and then there's something to be said for it being then uh, easier digestible by like the world rather than a language you know what i mean because in the end you're writing still in english letters right yeah yeah and yeah push putting your art into visuals actually is that a have you have you seen graffiti like in, in different languages i haven't thought of it even in different like, languages yeah yeah like it's um, yeah go ahead sir yeah it's definitely hard to um yeah, I've seen it. Um, or is a scene like spe- like because I, I know everyone looked in New York, right? For like yeah, and so probably everyone just ended up writing in English, whether they're f- they're from like India or Korea or something. Yeah, it's um, it's kind of a yeah, it's a language. I think um, I think I consider graffiti a, a language in itself, almost like the way, uh, and so much of that is rooted in New York and sort of like the early '80s. Uh, how you know, I, f- I find it really interesting in graffiti how there was a time where uh you know now nowadays there's so much to look at and build inspiration from if Mm -hmm. you were to start writing graffiti today 
but uh, in the 80s they didn't have that they were just going they were just doing you know and um, when you look back at certain uh, um, visual um, moves that people were making or certain mm. certain uh, certain styles that people gravitated to, to back then it's a lot more pure right so I think graffiti is so much rooted in American culture and uh, rooted in um, yeah it's hard to look at it in another context yeah, but yeah. maybe if, you know if you are from like Thailand or something and you paint in Thai letters like maybe that's you know building a whole new uh, language or repertoire for I hope it's happening because it, yeah. it would just be so fascinating to see it I mean the whole idea of uh, different people interpreting in different ways and then if the language looks different all of a sudden you know your word structure with the way the letters and play with them with each other you know it totally it makes it like it gives you like a new palette if all of a sudden you stop writing english and you start writing a different language mm -hmm. sounds fun yeah <laughs> yeah sounds fun do it's you still pay attention to the scene even though you're seems like mostly out of it um i do yeah i definitely do i um th you know there's a lot of artists uh similar to me who started in graffiti and progressed forward and uh, a lot of those artists um i still definitely admire um the work they're doing like right now there is a, a big exhibit in LA called beyond the streets and mm -hmm. it's all um, um, you know uh, a, a about like the history of street of graffiti and street art and what these um, artists are doing now in a museum context like yeah. in contemporary and a lot of the installation work that they're doing is um, yeah it's bar none it's like amazing work so I, I'm sure I'm not the first to say it but I think it's funny that the counterculture is culture uh, now totally. in big ways and it's it, it, it's pretty uh, yeah interesting to see who embraces it and who doesn't because just like you're saying you know there's a different type of artists people and then their approach to the craft and to the seat mm -hmm. yeah it's so different but it's really cool I like it I uh, I don't know the more types of art the better Totally, yeah. yeah. I, I, I would say I, I don't pay attention to the politics as much anymore, but I do definitely do pay attention to artists. And yeah, there's no need. It's too yeah. messy. Too many opinions for yeah, no reason. Yeah. I just want to see cool art. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. So the way, so you got a show coming up, as I mentioned, May 11th. May it's 11th. opening reception. It's called Homework, right? Yeah. Sorry, i just looking through. Yeah, it's Homework. But the, the way I think, or I wanted to do it, let me know, is I think it would be pretty fun to quickly go through your journey uh, and it's it's kind of nicely outlined within your bodies of work like in previous shows okay yeah i think it would be pretty cool to kind of chat maybe about the if you remember i know some of them were, uh, like through the thought process or just like ideas of those previous couple of shows and and then to listen to your approach now okay yeah because to me i think it would be pretty cool to yeah it's just like a little history of you and your thoughts on art sure man let's uh, do it to me I mean, I know for people who are listening, you know, we're probably going to be chatting, talking about just like aesthetics and visuals. We don't have to get too into the nitty gritty. But if you want to check out his work and his bodies of work, let me see. I got your website right here. It's Sue Me Now. So S-U-E-M-E-N-O-W dot com. So if you want to yeah. follow along with us, I think it'd be pretty fun. Um, one thing I want to say before we get going, I feel like out of the artists I know, and actually I didn't mention is that we're studio mates and I've been uh, sharing the studio with you, which has been pretty sweet. But out of the artists I know, you're probably the, you're the most evolved, no, how to, how to put it in words? Like I've seen you evolve the most out of everyone I know and in a really interesting manner where it's like uh, every, every step seems to make sense from a bigger picture and whether it was like me reading about your bio, what you're talking about it now, it's cool to see how at least from uh, my perspective, each show was like a step, but I feel like out of everyone I know, you your your aesthetics have changed the most, mm. which I think is, to me, is really fascinating because you, 
uh, brought really high quality but then you know you did a show and then next next step is like you didn't st stick with the same or like you let it evolve right which I, I i have a feeling you know whether it's a choice or not some people get stuck in something where it seems like, i don't know this mm -hmm. is me but you know you consciously feels like i've been really pushing yourself to change or maybe define yourself definitely uh, i think um yeah i even um er even early on even when i was doing a lot more graffiti work it, uh you know my style would change quite a bit and i think a lot of that has to do with uh you know one part of it is is really just boredom like uh, getting <laughs> bored of doing the same thing like it's just not um who i am and i think um you know i look at it like uh like school in in some sense where uh, you know you're going to high school and they you do science and math and social studies and you and woodworking drafting or yeah. you know you try earlier on you you try um a lot of different um different skills or 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 schools of thought and then eventually you kind of gravitate to the one that uh, you know you find most rewarding or, or um, find most challenging and I think uh, I looked at art in, in that sense that you know earlier on I'm still I am still now quite young um, so I, yeah it's like uh, just trying to get all that exploration out early and and, <laughs> uh, and then uh, you know hopefully the more you try the, m the more you know about yourself and the more you know um, what direction you should go in i guess meaning like that i guess because you're saying i'm i imagine very wide exploration i doubt you're going to stop exploring but you mean like in a really kind of big uh what do you call it like like a shotgun kind of exploration where you really yeah. try many things yeah yeah wide spectrum you know yeah yeah uh sorry just touched upon something the exploration anyways if i remember it i'll get back to it. oh yeah but it's really hard to do though what what you're saying is that if you're treating it like school because i think often artists would ask or I, I hear this question a lot is about how people like a lot of different things they like a lot of different styles and then to kind of hone yourself either in one direction or even to finish work which uh you seems like you've successfully even though you're interested in different styles it seemed like you finished enough work and then you kind of moved on to the next one yeah is that true yeah but where that, uh, how do you know that or how do you know to do that uh well i think um i think i'm kind of like someone that learns by doing as well like I like to jump in and kind of figure things out so like if you go back to some of my earlier paintings a lot mm -hmm. of them are just yeah just me kind of wanted having an idea in my head and then trying to figure it out through the process like I think it's a lot harder to like uh, you know sit down and conceptualize and think about the exact style or the exact um, thing that you are expression that you want to do and then and then that becomes what you do for the rest of your life like mm -hmm. that sounds to me like really that's a lot of pressure um mm -hmm. uh, and maybe you shouldn't even do that uh, the, unless your mind really works that way right yeah unless you're unless your mind works that way or uh you know unless if you're a planner like um that kind of thing but uh i think through art and um it was just kind of like jump in uh you know with whatever initial idea or concept you want to work with whether that's like scale or colors or anything and then just kind of yeah so like each body of work earlier on it was just kind of like me figuring myself out and figuring out um how i'd like to compose things or how i like mm -hmm. to work with color or like what's working and what's what's not and then and then when that's done it's like okay what can i learn from looking at all this work that i just did and yeah 
how can I change it up or build upon it. So but what's awesome is that you already had an idea of like a, an idea to be consistent where <laughs> for me it's actually on this podcast Peter Reek was the one who mentioned like because we talked about this kind of same idea of being fascinated by multiple ideas or types of art and he's like oh you just finish work and I'm like oh yeah that's a that's so simple just uh, it's <laughs> like you get to do what you want but just you know finish it by your work so I'm, I'm trying to do that it seems like you've been doing that for a while um so was letters one of the was that a body of workers uh yeah so letters was um an exhibit that i did at uh elliot lewis gallery i don't know what year that was that must have been like doesn't say um, you're hiding it from us <laughs> <laughs> oh 2000 2011 oh there you yeah, go oh, so no you're not hiding it i could have seen it <laughs> <laughs> well right now this lamp is like obscuring oh, yeah. my vision but yeah, i can see it here. Yeah. yeah it um was yeah so the um the guys that i was painting graffiti with we were also like doing art shows and stuff at the time and mm -hmm. um and uh yeah it was my first kind of um it was you know in contrast it was called letters although most of the pieces are more geometric Fun like shapes, yeah. they're just shape based uh, i was mm -hmm. painting a lot of this like um geo style i guess you mm -hmm. call it it's all uh just triangles and different colors and kind of like built up so what I would do is I'd just like start with one one form and then kind of like build and react around that and mm -hmm. and then the result would be like um yeah a different composition each time and a different kind of color scheme so and it's really fun on that one it looks like you you still use that you like you would make the background kind of gritty like there's the and then you paint it on top yeah yeah <laughs> I think um yeah when you when you paint graffiti you want that sort of like the idea of adapting to space or like adapting to uh yeah those textures like really i was really drawn to them at the time like just kind of creating on top of it was also a good way to like you know i find i'm pretty sure a, a lot of artists can relate to this is that that you know when you're when you have a fresh white canvas and you just stare at it and you're like yeah it's a intimidating thing it's like you it's so pristine right so yeah. part of that is just like uh taking the preciousness away from it like yeah. uh just yes you know i still do this now to a certain degree but um yeah like essentially mess it up um but not as much though do you not as much no. no not as much and it's this is interesting that i think this is why it's so fun to do because you've documented yourself so well it's like seven years uh, i mean like from 2011 to now your approach to a canvas i mean once again being in a studio and seeing how you start I mean, you uh, i think a lot of canvases are to start up pristine white and you're such as you're uh, I don't know if you're perfectionist, but at least like you're you're so uh, regimented to how you approach your pieces. Where <laughs> I think it's very interesting. Once again, just even like looking at all the work and it's yeah the texture. I've seen you play with texture kind of again recently, but uh, you're building up those uh, uh, shapes that are not just flat, but like the transitions. Yeah, kind of yeah, uh, like building up. Um, yeah, lately I've just been really into like heavy body painting, like mm -hmm. just showing brushstrokes and just um, uh, I think. Uh, earlier on I just um, really hated brush strokes like I didn't want to show them <laughs> at all and now I'm like oh, I love them uh, Me too. I want more <laughs> uh, so yeah I think um, yeah speaking about texture it's um, yeah it's something that you want to yeah I don't know it's um, a way to like build up layers or just uh, I, I think initially it's important to take that preciousness away and just and and then you're like oh I just like mess this painting up um, n well, well it can't get worse than it is now. So. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. It's so um, it's so freeing when you can let yourself like mess up and be fine with it. 
totally. like even I remember in animation like, I felt like I it really clicked for me when I realized that it's okay if I break it and kind of being okay with the fact like because then yeah the preciousness doesn't help really and I guess it probably goes for every kind of art uh, every area of art yeah just not to be too precious with it yeah yeah for me it's a especially the stuff I'm painting now it's a really big deal like uh, what I'll do is like you know I work with shape and color and mm -hmm. and basically I would compose two or three shapes or something and I'll be like oh man I really like this <laughs> uh, don't ruin it Scott yeah. and then I'll, I'll just like kind of dance around those initial forms and I'll be like huh it's not getting better <laughs> it's actually getting worse <laughs> at that point you just got to be like fuck it I'm just gonna go over this entirely and yep. start from the beginning and and it's often in that small moment of deciding to rebuild the work and letting go of what was there yeah. before I'm able to actually like create freely so you gotta trust uh, the process somehow do, yeah. you do you think you remember names of your paintings from 2011 uh, <laughs> we could play that game uh, we don't have to but I wonder I, gu I guess I'll just show <laughs> I have uh, I have some problems with naming paintings where some the name comes up like earlier on for some I feel like I don't really want to name it at all but then you kind of have to and I think th those are the ones that I wouldn't remember like I don't know about you yeah I it's um yeah it's tough sometimes I uh I do feel like titles kind of mess with paintings in, <laughs> in that sense like yeah do I really want to put context people need a story yeah I yeah. guess so maybe that's what it is were you uh, so were you always drawn to abstract work because I, I read your on a website right now, like you describe yourself as abstract painter. Yes, is that true? Yeah, yeah definitely. Yeah, okay. yeah. I definitely think I'm. Um, uh, I've always been. Uh, I've never been much of a drawer. Like I don't really draw very much. I'm like, which is why I think it's always funny when people like find out I'm an artist. They're like, oh, I can't draw a stick figure, and I'm like, well, neither can I. <laughs> I'm like, horrible <laughs> at drawing. Um, but yeah, I've I've always resonated with with abstract work, and I think graffiti, in a sense. Um, is is abstract in a lot of ways because uh, I, I remember just like I used to uh, take photos of like cross sections of my graffiti pieces mm -hmm. and uh, I used to love looking at that because it just was color and form like mm -hmm. those two are, are probably the two uh, elements that I, f I find it most pre um, prevalent in my work now mm -hmm. and, and kind of at my core focus so I, I used to do that a lot and then um, just kind of would be like okay well what if I create a painting from this this like crop um, you know what would that look like and um, yeah I like the ambiguity of, of abstraction I like the idea of um, you know not uh, you know I like the work being about kind of the nuance like the materials or like the color or color you know resonating with people as a feeling or like something that's not yeah tangible like i'd like that um what makes a what makes a good abstract work because that's a tough one i feel like uh I, uh I don't know if you see it but many people you see often artists jump into abstract work <laughs> assuming that like assuming that it's going to be easier or something without understanding them on a you know like just practice and skill and uh, the work that it takes i think to get to that point i think uh uh, there's a misconception i would say like in a society about that yeah yeah definitely i think what uh, I guess what would make a good abstract work is is kind of you first have to like look at the historical context of the work like how it's um, you know some of the earlier on abstractions from um, 
like Picasso or you know you want to look at how an abstract artist is like building upon those ideas of something that was created kind of before them or or in context with uh, something in art history it kind of grounds the work in a way and then and then you can kind of interpret it that way but you know you can have a striking abstract piece that was just created on a whim as well like mm -hmm. that you don't necessarily need to consider art history when you're looking at abstract work but I do find um, uh, you know if you're doing contemporary abstract having that historical reference in in embedded in your work some in some way is um, is uh, it definitely helps it's kind of like knowing where it came from like yeah knowing the what kind of footsteps you're following exactly yeah, yeah. or like the sort of ghosts or uh, however you want to put it that that are you know woven into um, those ideas you I know? guess either to to in be inspired or try to do completely something completely different just to know I guess the things that have been done maybe would you say because uh, you're you're saying like draw from that but I want yeah I'm sure some ways you could do it who's uh are, are there any artists that come to mind that you're still or recently inspired by yeah so there's um there's a couple artists that I'm um I've been admiring recently a lot of them are working with uh, more textiles mm -hmm. and um a lot of that is kind of um, founded from like 20th century abstraction, where uh, it was kind of like an ex an exploration of like order, like Mondrian, mm -hmm. for example, or like Ellsworth Kelly. Like these artists were exploring abstract forms, but um, it was much about the order and it was much about the the materials, it's n not necessarily the depictions. Right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of a rejection to guys like Pollock who yeah. were doing this really expressive abstract work and it was kind of like no we want to see order and we want to see work that's about um kind of the nuance of of color and material and i like that they're work. going in 3d as well right i mean they're doing it in various spaces not just like flat media totally yeah i think that, that was a really cool uh, i think that brought yeah this, uh, just a lot more elements into it totally that's yeah yeah and so there's some uh, there's a lot of contemporary artists now um um, one in particular from, I think she's from Vancouver, her name's Colleen Heslin, mm -hmm. and uh, she does like cut canvas, um, so she takes canvas, yeah, and then she sews them together and uh, in a way that they um, often aren't painted at all, but they mm -hmm. have a, like uh, a feeling of an abstract painting because the, the edges are kind of um, not totally straight they yeah. feel kind of gestural pulled, and yeah. pulled and and uh i think just in a general sense the idea of like the surface of the material becoming the artwork mm -hmm. is like a really interesting direction for abstract painting because it's no longer about paint on a surface it's about um yeah they're they are together they're they are one and i think that's like uh that's in a way furthering minimalism and furthering abstraction it's yeah. like you know how can you simplify this even more and uh, you know someone like like Colleen's successfully done that so I, I remember seeing her work uh, this, this is just a, the conversation oh, yeah. getting very deep I've seen her work at uh, Vancouver Art Gallery right yeah uh, yeah that was, yeah. that was really impressive I think she actually has a show this Friday at Equinox as well oh, there so you go I'm, I'm probably gonna go and check that out so Do you know is it gonna be a lot, a lot more tapestry work as well or like fabric yeah I think I think so I think it's like um, they're gonna they're gonna be uh, paintings 
people mm-hmm. can't see me doing air quotes right now but <laughs> they, are, they are paintings but they are uh they are woven and stitched. she needs to come up with a new name she just branded it's like i don't <laughs> yeah. know yeah cut fabric sewn together stretched on a canvas yeah it's pretty cool no i like it i, I just mm-hmm. feel like we got so deep into the <laughs> the abstract explanation it's so interesting yeah yeah just yeah, hearing uh there's just so much just you motivation. can do yeah uh with just like that's that's part of my like continued inspiration on like color and form it's that mm-hmm. you know just those two things like really simplified my life like you know going from graffiti and uh doing fine art and trying to do so many like graphic design and murals and trying to do so many things it's like uh you know now i'm just let's just focus on those two things and see how much <laughs> yeah. you can do and it's really endless so uh, yeah, I, I find that really cool. It's cool that you put uh, some so sort of uh, like restriction or guide uh, not not guidelines restrictions on yourself. Yeah, otherwise you, you could you could just get you could end up pursuing way too many things at once and mm-hmm. kind of get stuck. Yeah. How simple? How simple do you think you'll go though? Is there do you do you worry <laughs> about? I mean, like, are we ever gonna get a, just like an orange canvas from you? Oh man, <laughs> time will tell. Time will tell. Okay, <laughs> we'll see. So going back to your shows, I. This is uh, a really interesting progression because so then you're uh, positive places and I think that that body of work, I think that's where I, around the time maybe I got into the studio with you guys, 2012, maybe not, I don't remember, but I remember seeing those pieces around there. I really really love that work mm-hmm. and that's like that seems like to be the the middle the midpoint of graffiti to studio work just because the elements you almost feel like equally divided, uh, the aesthetic uh, the techniques are equally divided. Sure, around yeah. And yeah. uh, I think that that series is interesting to me because I also brought in like landscape mm-hmm. into the work. So I was working just with a lot of like, I would use like, um, you know, markers and like kind of graffiti tools, if you will, and mm-hmm. then kind of create um, different abstract compositions. Uh, a lot of it was just like form based, but I would uh, at times it started with just like doing doing these like geom- geometric paintings and then like you know you're exploring compositions to a certain degree and then eventually it's like oh this you know this kind of looks like this is turning into a landscape mm. and then you know this series was kind of like about me pushing that envelope of like so you're finding uh, you're finding those landscapes within it and it's like get, i guess adding a bit of representational to the the abstract work sure right? yeah. sure yeah and then using like spray paint or or you know certain sometimes like letter forms would ex- would appear in the landscape mm-hmm. as like objects almost like um yeah it was kind of interesting and then towards the end of that series i was uh actually doing like um you know taking photos that i i had taken from from travel and then like uh you know uh uh, replicating those gestures or like Mm -hmm. kind of like like a landscape artist would work Mm -hmm. but i would only select like certain things so the painting that that we're looking at right now it's got like you know shadows there's like a pool uh, and it, this was based on a photo that I, I had taken um, in Barcelona when I was traveling, and then I just kind of picked certain elements uh, that looked interesting. Um, so there's there is kind of like an architectural like context of the work, and then just exploding with like color and um, graffiti isms and <laughs> other <laughs> other things in there. Yeah, that's awesome. So I guess I- that's where this is this is where the practice started for you, because I know later on in your works even just by reading the name like you're describing like a, a place or i don't know if often but uh could has haven't spoken with you before it's like you're taking these places and putting them on canvas so mm-hmm. like that practice started i guess around that point then i guess we're around uh 
positive places. Totally, yeah. Which I think is a, then a good transition into arena where you're now actually, uh, yeah, uh, showing physical spaces, and that's a so like just speaking about that. Now all of a sudden we got representation. Through, how would you describe it? It's like it's not through abstract. No, it's like graphic shapes. And then you got the presentational environments. Yeah, yeah. I don't, um, you know, it's funny. I always thought it was interesting, like you being in my studio as well. Like uh, I'm in a studio with all representational painters mm -hmm. pretty much. Um, and I kind of thought that was, it's interesting in the context of the work I'm doing now. It's almost like I'm, yeah, right now I'm sort of the, the only one that's doing mainly abstract work. But yeah. um, I think this series uh how did it start it started with that one painting of the pool i think i was really um i think part of it was like i was inspired by you guys oh, but all bad influence on you yeah <laughs> <laughs> and uh guys like uh yourself and drew who were you know doing highly realistic detail oriented um mm -hmm. um uh, representational work and also just um, a lot of the commercial work I was doing was like required me to do some level of um, uh, representation for, for work. Like uh, it was almost like I, w I wanted to see if I could do it. Mm -hmm. Like I wanted That's to see if, uh, if I'd be able to, to pull it off. And if, if by the end of it, I knew that, you know, if I needed to draw upon this in the, in the future, mm -hmm. I would have some knowledge of way like some knowledge of how to how to navigate mm. that so that's interesting so he's got some commercial uh, work motivations as well yeah totally nice. so uh, this is like um, for the people that can't obviously <laughs> can't see what we're, we're seeing check but it out um, arena body of work, yeah. it was uh, a series I did where you know I was looking at uh, different photos of either from like my own travels like some of these are are photos that i had taken and the theme of the show was like recreation and and landscape and uh i was kind of interested in the idea of of capturing these spaces that were designed for sports because sports have like this unique um set of rules to them where there's like lines um on the wh whether it's lines on a basketball court or a tennis court or what have you those those lines kind of inform how a game is played mm -hmm. and then I was like okay well if you bring that into painting maybe it's um, it becomes how a, how these lines inform a landscape or inform a, um, yeah a space or like a visual um, aesthetic yeah, yeah exactly so I kind of use those lines as kind of ways to like divide the composition of a painting or you yeah. know but um, that's yeah. really cool, and I think that's going back to what you're saying earlier about how your like, or the words I use like a studious approach, studious approach to art. So the show is like, well, let, let me teach myself this thing now. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. But it's interesting that some of the smaller pieces were already having those flavors of what's what is what is to come. You know, like the, there's this one piece here, drop in. I mean, you, if you take away the basketball, it's like the <coughs> the composition, the shape breakdown is already feeling like you can have a bit of a sense of. Uh, I mean, look. I guess uh, we're looking back, but what 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 is to come? And then so you sure, got your. Yeah. And I feel like uh, I guess like you so your next body of work retreat, which is let's see, when it was that was 2016, and that's where you. What, what you do now? The work they create now. Yeah. It seems like that was, th that was the start of it. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. That, yeah. For sure. So, 
This is actually interesting because what I uh, initially set out to do with retreat was um, usually like my partner Kaylin and I would go on a trip in January and that's when we would like, uh, you know, she would have time off and it would be relatively quiet around the studio where mm -hmm. I could like take a, a trip. So it's been uh, a number of years where we've gone away on the new on um, in January to, to go traveling and, and kind of refresh ourselves. Yep. And so we went on a trip to... Uh, Oh man, it was so amazing. We went to, uh, we started in Las Vegas mm -hmm. and and did New Year's in Vegas, and then we rented a car <laughs> and we drove from Vegas through Joshua Tree and ended up in Palm Springs, and then nice. we drove back to Vegas and then flew home, and that was kind of our our uh, annual trip. So I came back with all these um, photos of mid-century modern homes, yeah, 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 and kind of like from from Palm Springs and from the desert and things like that and I was initially gonna I was just cataloging all these photos like I was gonna use them kind of like how I did arena yeah like I was gonna use those photos to like make paintings from and then I got back and I started uh, the for I had designed pre-designed in Photoshop like 10 different paintings and that was gonna be the show mm -hmm. and then I started painting the first one and was like mixing colors and and then I was like I was like, I hate this. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, were you planning to, them to do them representational as well? Like sort of, but yeah? my intention was to be like looser with it because okay. the arena was like <laughs> super tight and detailed. And like, I went in and like painted like every shade of brick in the background. Oh and, yeah, like, yeah. It, it was like really, it was almost like too graphic. I, yeah. I feel like so. I wanted to like be more painterly with mm -hmm. the landscape. So I was like ignoring certain things, and and I think. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know if it was like the scale that I was working with because I was still painting medium-sized work mm -hmm. and um, to s medium to small, I should say. And um, it just didn't translate. The yeah. first one didn't, like, it was a miss. It was like, <laughs> and I just remember like getting into the car uh, with Kaylin. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm doing with this <laughs> show. And, it, and and the deadline was, was looming, right? Oh it was man. like the show was in April and I was like, I had just gone back from this oh trip wow. and yeah. I was like, this painting sucks <laughs> and yeah so I just had to kind of um, scale back and kind of like you know I, I just started to realize a lot of the work that I was interested in uh, and a lot of the work that I was looking at at the time was abstract and mm -hmm. um, you know looking back uh, at my lineage you know a lot of my earlier works were, were abstract exactly. and I was like yeah. maybe I just need to like just like start painting and again and just not try and get like get out of my own way essentially mm -hmm. and just like let's see what happens so uh from there i just went back to the studio reorganized some things and and was like i think i'm gonna go back to uh painting abstract more but um i kind of have a feeling of how i want the work to resonate so mm -hmm. retreat now it has like a vibe of of leisure and a vibe of um like tropical places mm -hmm. or yeah. that kind of thing but there is no depictions like there's no um there's no like i mean there's actually some like forms that kind of represent foliage yeah. or like uh the idea of of um tropical places and but you're giving an impression you're giving a suggestion of it rather than like an actual interpretation of the exactly yeah, yeah. yeah. so that's very interesting that's a really uh tough uh, lesson to learn and i think i, I can relate yeah. i can relate to you <laughs> feeling like oh yeah none of this is working yeah yeah but it's like do you you know you're always you're always given a choice i think which is the challenging part it's like do you continue exactly or do you reject and start <laughs> over well because you're your own boss and you well yeah well, yeah 
Yeah. Ah, it's such a tough one. Well, the fact that uh, did the did having a deadline there help? This show was so tight. Yeah, it did. It did help. Like, you know, certain things were just resolved because I didn't have enough time, or like, I remember just being super late with everything, um, getting to the gallery, and just like, <laughs> um, uh, yeah, meeting with one of my mentors, like. Uh, penny lane like super late when all the work was already done and <laughs> it was like well this is this is the work <laughs> and just being able to make a couple minor changes but uh the show was like it ended up being a hit like i think we sold like all the paintings it looks beautiful but yeah. it, this is this is a very interesting like case study of <laughs> that the super tight deadline and not knowing what to do produce the best work totally yeah yeah <laughs> what what can you learn from there it's oh yeah repeat that again well it's also <laughs> like you want it to feel easy like you want it to be fluid like i think whether that takes six months or whether it takes two months i think that fluidity is what you're trying to capture and i think that's kind of where i was i was you know at a point in the beginning of the work where i was trying to force things or you're, you're trying to climb this mountain with which maybe you didn't want to yeah <laughs> towards exactly and yeah. then once you kind of relinquish your own control that's when um the you're able to like think uh rhythmically and kind of like with your own intuition and create from that i think is a much better place to 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 create from one thing i struggle with uh, and what you brought up is like trying to decide because you're saying oh um, uh, you were looking at a lot of his abstract work which you know naturally it showed your interest so like yeah. why are you forcing yourself to go the other way there's a in my case there's a tough line where for example like, like the kind of art i look at And maybe because I've spent a lot more time on it where it would come more, like you're saying, maybe more fluid, but it feels like you, uh, you could also use the word easier. Not that it's going to be like the best work, but like the the struggle there is less. And then in yeah. my case, figuring out, is that a, should I pursue that be because, because it feels natural or maybe not natural, like it will come a little easier or should I try to pursue something else that is harder and trying to understand yourself and see am i not pursuing this other thing because i feel like i'm slacking off and i don't want to do something harder or should i pursue it because maybe i actually don't like it and like just mm -hmm. knowing that yeah yeah and i guess just in the end you need to know yourself better to make that decision totally totally i think um yeah i can relate to that in a lot of ways like i think um there's a certain um yeah like you feel like you're copping out if you go the easy way And Or, it's um, a weird word, right? Because it doesn't mean like actually easy. Just it will, you know what I mean? Like painting in the end to get a beautiful aesthetic, it'll take time. And but maybe those initial steps will be easier, something like that, right? Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I think I can definitely relate to it in the sense that like when I um, was doing er abstracts earlier on, I wanted them to look dense mm -hmm. and challenging like they were like they took a long time to make and that's what makes good art kind of <laughs> thing and it's that's a young perspective yeah it's not necessarily true all the time it's like things um even some of the paintings i i do now like some of them resolve in uh you know over three days and others take months like yeah, there's yeah. two panels that are in my studio <laughs> that i i just keep putting the in layers panels. yeah they <laughs> just keep they just get moved around and <laughs> stuff happens on them but they never resolve and uh you know they will eventually but um you know when you look at those when they're done like that's like six months mm -hmm. worth of painting uh underneath there but it's like yeah it's uh i think time is kind of irrelevant and and 
in some ways, I guess. It is, yeah. yeah. And, and learning if, if a, sponta- a painting made in a spontaneous manner can often be a stronger one. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think all of these things go back to knowing yourself and like teaching yourself when to stop and to know what is good, which yeah. is, you know, the hardest thing. And it, you can never catch it. And I think it's kind of evolving always. Totally. And I think uh, you brought it up earlier is like the idea of setting restrictions on yourself can mm-hmm. kind of help you uh, know if you're on the right track or not. Like, know if you're. Um, you know if you're playing by your own you're playing by your own rules essentially and yeah. you know if uh um they can help uh at least tell you what's something that you're that you don't do all the time that that you should probably shouldn't or like i don't know it can kind of like gauge uh direct you in a certain way mm-hmm. you know so it's like having some sort of like design pillars for yourself or like the, yeah it's almost like you have to exactly design, yeah you have to you have to give yourself a name <laughs> you're giving yourself these yeah guidelines then yeah helps you not straight because this is actually really good advice because I, I should probably do that because i'm very easily like excited by <laughs> all the other types of art or like even just visuals and like subject matter that i think it's very easy to stray from that totally yeah what you said about uh, trying to do earlier work and make it dense i feel like it's yeah. a it's like a it's a trap but maybe it's actually a, a good kind of trap for a younger al- artist to fall into because it seems typically the like the, the super realistic or the super rendered and tiny tiny brush strokes it feels like a often it, it seems like something that people really get really attracted to as artists especially earlier on because the idea like of what good art is is like you said like a super dense yeah. thing that that actually looks like it took you know whatever days and days well you know there's paintings that are simple which take days and days too and it's actually deceiving and it's something you learn along the way just that simplicity simplicity can often be harder than like the, the harder density. path yeah yeah but sure. what do you think of that because i think it's it's like i think it's a good trap to fall into because it just teaches you more of a technical maybe approach especially when you're talking about uh representational work you know a lot of people would yeah, if you're trying to paint a person try yeah. to get as realistic as possible and then it seems to be like a natural growth of like oh maybe that's not what art is yeah yeah i think um it teaches you patience like <laughs> above anything else it's um how to sit with an idea and and kind of flush it out um and whether that takes a really long time but um yeah i think patience is kind of the 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 long lesson like you the more stuff you do like that the more you have um, a threshold to you know um sit with things longer and i think that's uh, like like wine it it produces better (laughs) better work you know so um it it helps down down the like along the way but I, I just, I do find it interesting how, yeah, like the the mature work often, no, that's not true, I don't want to make rules, but often like more simplified or like concise because it, it's very hard to s- say a statement very clear without any mess around it. It's like a, like sure. a beautiful sentence or something like a poem, but like it doesn't need more words, it, but just, yeah. to, just to do that. Yeah, to get there, it's really hard to pull that off in the beginning. Uh, yeah, I think I think um, what you're describing is this sort of like s- idea of a sweet spot, almost like yeah, uh, yeah, the yeah. right amount of 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 something, because you can have work that's really dense, but it has like you know it's all like either lines or it's all like one pattern or it's it's concise in the mm-hmm. sense that it's uh, you know maybe doing one thing that takes a really long time, but it uh, it's no more, no less. Um, that kind of idea where whereas you can you can fall into the trap of like just trying to fill up space for example yeah. it's like 
oh, if I just build detail <laughs> around this thing over and over and over again, it's going to look like there's a lot of lines yeah, and it's yeah. going to look, but, you know, maybe it's not about the amount of lines, it's the, the way you do them kind of thing. Yeah, it'll be impressive for a different reason. Yeah. And then I guess we, yeah, we can't judge that as well because clearly people, like, there's the artists who find, like, love in the density of it. Sure, yeah. I think, I think as long as, as density is used not as a tool to like, you put it a lot of density just because that will look cool but rather like as a tool because you put density because like a story element or feeling right totally you no know, there's reasons yeah yeah because uh, that's a that's probably another trap but it's like a uh, little tricks that can make something visually look cool uh without a proper intent within it you mm -hmm. know what i mean yeah yeah all the tricks all the tricks uh, okay well i mean this was a <laughs> I like a little journey throughout the catalog. I mean, yeah, yeah, now, that was fun. And now, <laughs> now we're on uh, homework, and uh, this is this is the latest body of work. How long were you working on that? Uh, I think, um, yeah, I, I uh, usually do a show every year, and this time I um, I took last year off because I thought I would be moving, and that would be too much work uh, to kind of think about doing a new series and and move. So. You're very nice to yourself. Yeah, I tried <laughs> to be, but obviously it. Uh, um, I didn't end up being able to move in until yeah the time frame where I would have been working. Uh, it was like clear sailing anyway, so it's yeah it was moot anyway. <laughs> but um, yeah, I think um, I had a lot more time mentally to prepare for this series, and um, it was the first time that. Um, I felt confident about building upon what I had done th uh, the year before, so mm -hmm. I knew it was going to be less of a uh, figuring out thing, yeah. and it was going to be more just like, how do I refine and um, how do I look at things um, in more detail and just make them better. Um, so yeah, I was sort of like confident that I had found my stride and just yeah so to answer your question i think i had a little bit more time to think about it and then i think i started working on it in november okay um oh, nice. so yeah it, it, it really does what you described it, it, it the work feels like that it's like you took your last show and you just built up upon that and i don't know if it's like you you've matured it I, I don't know if that's the right word but you've yeah you've you kept um like you kept honing that aesthetic and those visuals mm -hmm. uh, it feels uh, yeah it's really cool yeah i think the last how i can differentiate them i think the last show uh retreat was sort of about this the idea of leisure like i was saying like the idea of um uh creating this kind of vibe of of leisure or a mm -hmm. vibe of like relaxation and travel and um things of that nature where this new work is kind of more abstracted. It's not particularly one kind of feeling. They're all just kind of abstracts. Mm -hmm. uh, and I think that's kind of an evolution in the sense of when you look at abstract painting, it's like, you know, it's about form and color alone. Like I didn't want it to be about any other theme than that. Mm -hmm. So that kind of opened things up to, you know, where I wasn't restricted to certain shapes or restricted to a certain vibe. I was just kind of like creating uh out of form and color and it alone. almost it almost sounds like it's too much freedom that you gave yourself all of a sudden because on one hand it sounds like uh it's not but then yeah if you open it up yourself to anything as long as it's color and form i mean yeah it was kind of i i definitely set a lot of like like we're saying like design pillars mm -hmm. um 
along the way and uh, a lot of that was just in you know how I was going about creating mm -hmm. and uh, the colors were kind of important in that I you know started with about 14 colors and kind of evolved the color palette throughout the the painting process so awesome. I started with like a limited set um, and started with certain limitations mm -hmm. um, and got kind of just like evolved the series from there and it also it looked like you you've re refined your the mark making I think it's almost like you've limited yourself to a couple of uh, as a, an analogy to a couple of brushes what I mean is that I think if you compare um, so this one to the previous show is like the kind of mark making that you would you, you would do or the kind of even shape making it feels like here it, in the recent work and homework it's uh, more concise mm -hmm. like that just like that the kind of application that you did you know what I mean like yes. was it conscious or yeah uh, definitely yeah because um yeah, you uh, should touch up on your process with the with paper and the cutouts. I think that's kind of cool. It almost I think it relates to that topic. Sure. Yeah. Of course. Uh, I think um, with uh, with with brushstrokes uh, specifically, like mm -hmm. I um, I used to use like a lot of rollers and and things like that. And um, I would uh, with my last show, I would I would kind of strive for a sort of flatness mm -hmm. uh, with with some of the f the forms. And now I've I've kind of um, um, I want the um, I want the artwork to feel painted. Like yep. I don't want it to feel graphic. Mm -hmm. I want it to like so. You know, seeing my paintings up close, you'll notice like um, the quality of the edge is kind of like one that comes from a brush. It's a handmade. Specific, yeah. It's handmade. It's a specific brush. And then other times I'll just like build layer upon layer and and just kind of be more assertive with how I create brush strokes and. Um, uh, a lot of that is just be is an evolution of like how I want the surface to appear, mm -hmm. um, and uh, a lot of that is just revealing a truth of the you know the materiality of paint that it's not like uh, I'm not manipulating it to become flat. Flat, yeah, yeah. Um, which is a nice uh, which is a nice transition away from digital. You know what I mean? Like from the feeling of digital. That's you right. Because even though you're designing it that way, I think it's a it's a nice step that you take towards being a yeah, like a handmade, handcrafted product, right? Yeah, it's like, um, I think painting, um, you know, if we look at painting in a general sense, it's uh, it has a charm to it. It's um, something that's like ingrained in humans, I think, um, forever. And it's like, it's so easy to, uh, you know, there's probably like a million ways to do my paintings in a more fast and, you know, with, with digital applications yeah, yeah, yeah. or... Um, however you want to do things in 2018 <laughs> i just think there's a million ways that you could you could do flat color and get i you know a pretty similar result but i think the charm of of painting is, is a lot to do with the material of it totally. the way it looks and then also the um inefficiency of it in a way is kind of <laughs> charming right because uh it's really slow and kind totally. of yeah. messy and not um not ideal for uh um, in compared to like how we've evolved printers and oh, things like yeah. that, right? So it's uh, I think a lot of that is just my desire for that is just going back to uh, this is your lane and you know <laughs> stay in it. <laughs> so you know, so do you think the the handmade art is uh, here to stay? It's not going anywhere, even though the digital is uh, plowing along. Yeah, I mean, I think uh, in relation to people's work. Um, there's uh, the idea of digital work 
or, or digital applications heightened the, mm-hmm. the work. Um, yep. So it's not to say that um, it's wrong. It just has to go with hand-in-hand uh, hand with what you're doing. And I think um, my aesthetic and um, how I work with cut paper and very analog and tangible materials, mm-hmm. I think it's a, it's a natural fit for me to like stay and, and kind of showcase uh, paint as it as it is, you know, not yeah. not try and hide it. I really like that as as well. I mean, in my work, uh, kind of doing it through impressionism, but the same idea of like showing the brush strokes. But it is like it's like you said, it is totally slow, but uh, there is a beauty to it. You, you can kind of get lost in the process, but part of it is also people understanding the yeah the work that it takes. There's not a lot of corners you can cut sure like, to get to that kind of result. Yeah, and I think for you, um, you know, working in animation or working digitally um, uh, full time, it's it's kind of like a way f- to slow down, you totally know, and kind of yeah. go back to uh, uh, a more, um, you know, uh, thoughtful application. You know, mm-hmm. and I and I, I always say that it's just nice to make things that you can hold, like you, it's a physical thing that is just right here. Yeah, and there's only one copy, and <laughs> it's a one of one. Yeah, exactly. And I think yeah. that's uh, yeah, that's you're capturing the essence of what uh, what it means to be a painter. You know, totally. totally. I really like what you wrote about um, the art show. I think uh, kind of like a statement for it. Uh, one of the lines really stood out is uh, the simplicity of compositions reflect a sense of quiet that allows the viewer to observe the harmony of various marks, color, and composition. I thought it was like a really nice like sentence that encompasses your work. Oh, uh, thank uh, you. Like, cause I, because it also, it, it makes it make sense mm-hmm. for just like the way your choices. Uh, I, I guess the leading with sentence, I was wondering uh, why the name homework um, and actually, and how early did that come around? Like, uh, yeah, so uh, yeah, homework kind of came around uh, a little bit later, and it was sort of um, uh, so. In in contrast to the last show, uh, I didn't actually uh, go away with Kaylin this year. We like we uh, she started in a new job, so we didn't go on holiday. Like, I haven't been on vacation, <laughs> and like, where's inspiration so going to come <laughs> from? <laughs> yeah, exactly. So I think with retreat, it was kind of like this outwardly, you know, looking outwards for it inspiration where uh, you know new surroundings new places uh, mm-hmm. and just trying to take that all in and kind of create from having that energy inside you and with homework it was kind of like you don't have that opportunity so what does it mean to look inward mm-hmm. uh, with what you already have and kind of create from there and, and I think uh, there's sort of like this uh, playful uh, youth uh, or childhood kind of quality to um, to homework as well like mm-hmm. you're kind of left at a position uh, whether you're in school or, or whatever to kind of ref- uh, you know you are studious on your own like you're required to 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 do your do your homework <laughs> on your on your own and it's Very about nice. kind of your own internal ideas and your own kind of thought processes and and creating from that so homework is kind of like um, uh, um, a metaphor for like uh, diving deep into your own studies and kind of trying to find inspiration from within because I you know I don't live a very exciting life like I go to the studio from home like every single day so it's hard to feel inspired when you're literally you're in the same room for eight hours or however mm-hmm. long you spend down there and then you're taking the same commute to and from home it's um yeah, it's it's routine, you know. So, mm-hmm. so yeah, and and yeah, to sum it up, homework was kind of like this internal reflection of of what it means to kind of like create, and a lot of the um, 
the study work I, I did to inform and color were like creating uh, my own color swatches and um, you know playing with cut paper and cataloging mm-hmm. shapes for um, for later use or or yeah just like creating a catalog internally of, of, of things I like and um, and creating from that I really like how you take your life and put it into art at the it <laughs> seems I, I love that approach I, it's very I find it now a lot more uh, important because mm-hmm. you're bringing like specifically your perspective uh, I think like finding ways to be you within your art which I mean it sounds like don't you always do that but I think the way you even describe it like consciously uh, it seems like you uh, yeah kind of like what I was saying at the beginning it's like it, it seems like you've uh, like you put your art and created a process of how to approach it and I really admire that that you do find like within the chaos of what like what it is like to create the art and, and all these things you you found ways to ground yourself through these steps mm-hmm. and I, I think this kind of stuff is so challenging to find and then and what you've done is that like you're you're seeing the situation and you're not it's like you're not going o- outside of it to like here you're like uh, you google some photos of what it's like to be here i think yeah what you, what you yeah. did you took uh, your life experience and put it into it i really i really like that yeah because i mean there's uh yeah, it's a, it's it's a lot more. Um, yeah, I can't help but be honest with those kind of things because that's it's the word. Uh, it's honest. Yeah, yeah, it's like that's that's who you are, and um, yeah, I, I think it takes a certain amount of maturity also to to kind of like listen to to yourself in a way, and I think um, that's tough. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and that's tough. and um, yeah, there's a lot of distraction and um, other things that can kind of pull you away from that, but. Um, you know, I, uh, I'm indebted to Kaylin a lot too, because she, she kind of helps me stay grounded in these situations. Like, um, um, just like, uh, whether she's like, uh, a sounding board for me when I come home <laughs> and I'm like all distressed and don't know what I'm doing. Uh, shout out to Kaylin. Yeah. There you go. <laughs> no, I, I, I can, I can relate to it so much. It, it helps so much to have a, because <laughs> as artists, like you kind of, you spin in your mind for so long. It's so totally. nice to have someone to ground you who's not like a is not a fine artist I, I feel like i have a s- similar situation where i'm so artsy and like in a in a kind of almost like in a silly way like your brain just goes down this path and like yeah. you, you need someone <laughs> to just smack you be like what are you doing yeah <laughs> totally and um yeah. she she always tells me like she wants to um yeah she looks at my work as you know not only as my partner but as um you know someone that would potentially um consume the work in in a way that's uh either um buying it for a home or 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 what have you it's uh uh you know she'll help me with my artist statement and that kind of all that kind of stuff and um yeah it's it's yeah it's funny as as homework is about self-reflection i probably did the most like collaboration in the <laughs> show like either working with um you know uh my woodworker uh, mm-hmm. building the frames and working with my my good friend hamish who helped me photograph everything or or Drew kind of wasting his time documenting my, <laughs> my <laughs> stuff for me. And um, yeah, there's this, or, or even like I, I worked with my dad who works at Hemlock Printers to okay. like help me with the, the art catalog. So there was just so much. You're bringing the family together. Yeah, it's nice. uh, a lot of collaboration too. So are you learning? Uh, I'm learning is it just so hard to do everything on your own, especially once you set up these ambitious goals. So yeah. Can't, can't, yeah, it's impossible to do without other people. Totally. Okay, is it true? So I scrolled down your, uh, <laughs> the website, the, art show website and uh, i was looking at paintings and it looks like you 
like sold out more than half of your work already before the show opened is that true or is it um yeah there's been um well the gallery does like a pre-sale yeah. so, so we got um, two, the pre-sale just went three, live four, uh five, six seven damn yeah so <laughs> did you know that or you uh yeah, yeah? I did, of okay. course yeah so i'm, I'm aware for yeah. sure um, you're, you're, you know your work is being selling out before the show was even opened yeah it's uh <laughs> it's a problem it's a problem <laughs> well, that's, that's the best kind of problem yeah it's um <laughs> yeah it's good it's a uh, it's but yeah congrats it's amazing yeah thank you yeah it's it's a hard thing to manage in a way because um yeah there, there's obviously you know in in the months of like january to march or whatever there's people asking me uh inquiring about about paintings and it's like it's really hard to be like no you have you all have to wait, wait till the May show yeah and yeah. you know i don't want to you know miss out on on those opportunities so i had a lot of people just come visit me at my studio and kind of chat with me and um you know next thing you know we're selling one before the show and we're like okay well um yeah and then it just kind of <laughs> blows up from there and then you do uh but it's normal for the gallery to do like a, a preview which which happens like usually a week before the opening mm -hmm. so once that goes out then it's kind of free game for people to uh start buying and then and then <laughs> yeah that's so awesome that's yeah. really good and then yeah, i guess you're making people mad who are expecting to get a piece at the show by the uh, time they get there it's gonna be too late yeah it's just uh yeah it's tough because i i want i want to please everyone you know i want to be <laughs> um i want to be able to everyone to have one um i think the problem is is like i'm just one man making all <laughs> these paintings yeah. i need uh i need some help so and this is something you brought up when uh, last time I was at a studio is that yeah uh, finding an honest way to increase outcome of your work while keeping it true to you yeah i think um yeah let's talk about that for a minute let's i think uh it. i think it's topic. interesting uh you know all the controversy about artists uh creating outside or like getting um uh like damien hurst mm -hmm. uh for example like hiring uh like studio crews to kind of like do execute his his sort of his artwork and i think yeah. um uh, personally, I think that's that's such an underrated. Um, like to me, that sounds harder. It doesn't sound easier. You know, it doesn't sound easier to like get ten guys or whoever or however many to make sure your work is being executed honestly and mm -hmm. to, to what degree. I think that's uh, that's a totally more that to me that seems more yeah. difficult than just being the only person doing it i mean uh, eventually you you need to reach a demand of like you know these guys have demand for their work so they need to they need to hit these deadlines and produce enough work I think, but uh it would be harder for you i think it depends on what you're making because let's say i'm making a concrete box that's like three stories high it's just a box of concrete and it's three stories high and three stories wide there is no if I did it or if 20 other guys did it you would never know because there's no like in your case there's brush strokes there's uh, application that it's only you like there's well you know if you're making concrete box I think in that case it, it it's not harder because the outcome will be quite similar it's not as personalized well in your right. case I can see so uh, when you say you find it harder I think it would be harder for you because of what the product is you know what i mean like that's right it, it, i can totally like it, it's a lot harder to trust 10 other people to get the brushstroke right which is so hard because it's a feeling you know what i mean like, try yeah. to explain like can you paint like can you paint a scott senior brushstroke it's like 
I don't know. And then to you, you're, it's going to be so hard to, you know, to articulate that feeling because so much about feeling. Yeah, you know I mean? yeah. And I think that's, uh, I think you hit it right there. I think it's challenging for artists to let people into their process mm -hmm. because uh, it is so specific. Like, I know um, there's, you know, there's some artists that, that won't, um, like, so much of their work is the artist's hand. Mm -hmm. Like you look at Andy Dixon or yeah. like uh, David Hockney who did like um, all those portraits. Um, like so much of that is mm -hmm. about his hand and his work that you can't, uh, uh, yeah, you can't get an assistant to do anything other than like help you around the studio exactly. and, and maintenance yeah. and stuff like that. But, uh, you know, I think I, I saw an interview with Cause and he talks a lot about like his his paintings are so flat, but they're all, they're also, um, like he's, he's become more about the design of his work. And like, uh, there's a very, probably a very specific process to how he executes his work. And mm -hmm. I think, uh, he was explaining that it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's a hurdle that you have to overcome to let people into your process. And I think for artists that can be, yeah, that's like your, that's that's your your baby you know mm -hmm. but you're letting other people in yep. and you're accepting that um it might be slightly different than you doing it but at the end of the day it's it's still like it's very much created within his ethos of yep. his brand and his work that it's uh it doesn't yeah. uh yeah it doesn't it doesn't change the value of the work i don't think totally. and yeah. the, but i think later then is just figuring out because i mean you could call it a collaboration but in your case, I imagine you would still want to call it. This is a Scott painting. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, of course. And so, and uh, there's no, and so that the amount of control you have over it. I mean, it's all about calling names and how public would perceive it. You know what I mean? Right. But when you say like it's becoming a problem, it's because there's a lot more demand for uh, for your work than the, the amount you can produce, right? Um, I I wouldn't say I'm quite there yet. Like I don't think. Um, <laughs> yeah, I don't think it's it's it's. Um, I think hiring someone to paint my work uh, uh, with me, we'll say, as a starting point, that would be almost the last step. Like, I would almost need need assistance in the studio for other other the other prep things work and prep everything. work because yeah, yeah, yeah. there is a lot of prep that goes into my, my paintings, whether it's like... You're very meticulous with it. Yeah, like, <laughs> uh, yeah, priming or setting up the panels and then, like, uh, varnishing frames and all this. Uh, all the other stuff that's... Uh, the actual painting is a um it's a small slice of what um or can be considered a small slice of what um needs to happen before and after as far as hours so. go how much out of out of like beginning you you, you know someone made a panel for you from beginning to a, pro a piece of varnished and ready to go to the gallery how much of that time hour like i know it ranges from a painting to painting yeah. but you know in comparison to the prep work what is painting um I would probably say it's, uh, you know, I would consider it maybe 60 or 70 percent. Okay, that's still like um, yeah. it's still a, a big a chunk. Lot, yeah, but a lot of that painting is like, um, you know, yeah, like uh, priming the backs and fronts of my paintings into start. I like and how you do that. Yeah, cool. and then <laughs> so and and then also like creating an underpainting which I've been doing recently, which that takes, you know, an that's still painting, but it's not the actual, uh, like the design or the mm -hmm. artwork of it. Yeah. So yeah, it can kind of, it can kind of, it totally ranges. So sure. you're, you're starting your own, slowly starting your own, uh, not a workshop. You're going to starting a shop. 
<laughs> yeah, well, I think uh, I've been thinking about painting as like um, as almost like a product now, like mm-hmm. uh, to a certain degree. Like I, it's still art to me, but it's like. It is though. I mean, you can also look at it as a business, and I think a lot exactly, of people don't yeah. want to look at it that way. But that's kind of the reality. It, it just is. It's part of yeah. the the creation of it, I think. And um, yeah, like I don't think I'm I'm quite there yet in my career where where I'm like doing work that's very conceptually heavy or or just uh, doing a set amount of paintings for a theme. Like mm-hmm. I'm still uh, pretty early in my career in in the sense that I'm I'm just trying to produce work and get my my um my stuff out there um and get more eyes on it so you know when you look at it through that lens it kind of is a numbers game it's about how many can you do and and um you know all while maintaining that level and integrity in the work so totally i think saying that it's being very honest realistic where uh, you know when people don't want to talk about it i think it's because it kills the romance of what art fine art quotation marks is yeah you know it's there, it's like there's a, an idea like an air that like you know the, the whole either whether it's like a starving artist idea or just like a, a true fine artist like just paint makes his paintings in an attic or whatever yeah. it's like it's like it's <laughs> very unrealistic yeah know. yeah yeah and I, I again that goes back to kind of what you're trying to get out of art too right like it's fine for for those individuals to to for that outlet to be um to be available to them where they can just uh create freely and they don't have to think about um um money or that kind of thing it's like um i play basketball because it's fun and i don't have any i'm I'm not getting paid to play (laughs) so for for me it's like uh i get that enjoyment out of it and uh i get a sweat and then that's that's kind of it but uh with art it's like yeah maybe some people are just looking for that creative outlet and that's all they want but um this is uh, this is painting is my career now so Mm -hmm. it's it's kind of there's more things that i have to consider before i i just uh you know just willy-nilly get loose on a canvas and call yeah, it a yeah, day you yeah. know so i thought it was interesting earlier that you brought up you said that um you you, you said your life is uh, is not exciting that like every day is going to <laughs> studio which is uh you know how there there's an idea that once you start freelancing or once you start working for yourself all of a sudden you're just uh doing whatever the hell you want every day and because you've been in that lifestyle right for quite a long time you've been uh, creating like you've done graphic design work you've done murals like you've been solo artist working I, I guess you could say for hire and uh, mm-hmm. creating paintings why is that you know I think you should maybe talk a bit about that because do you think yeah why is it so because people people think oh yeah once you start working for a seven you're just like you can just get away and do whatever you want but I guess the reality is there's still that routine that comes with it yeah the yeah. routine is important I mean I think the routine is 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 um you know what keeps you keeps you grounded and i think um it's uh it's different like you don't you don't clock out ever you know when you're when you're yeah. freelancing you you don't uh you're thinking about this stuff like uh 24/7 but you know there's definitely moments within that that are relaxing like you know being able to determine your own schedule uh those sort of things um you know taking you know little breaks along the way and mm-hmm. it's just a different structure i think so yeah. But you still get structured to be successful. It uh, seems like for me, yes, I yeah. think um, I, yeah, I like having that that sort of um, that routine. Um, you know, it helps me, um, yeah, just work on um, you know, stay focused and and get in um, 
when you need to and, and do the work, you know, so. And it just feels like for consistency, I mean, even getting better, that seems to be the way to go. And actually, so as you're speaking earlier that now, you know, painting is your, that's your career, that's your choice. Do you want to, like, what, what would you say your ideal lifestyle would be then? Because I think they'll probably give an explanation on, yeah, like the, the working artist path that you're taking, right? Yeah, I think, um, I think I'm working towards just being a studio artist, like mm -hmm. being someone that, that gets to, uh, yeah, explore and, uh, yeah, and in a general sense, I think it's just about simplifying my life. Like I think earlier on, um, you know, from doing graphic design to murals to commercial painting to doing my own, trying to find time to do my own artwork, mm -hmm. like I wanted all those things, um, to happen for me at that 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 moment and i think when when you're younger you kind of want yeah you're still figuring stuff out and figuring out what you want to do and there was a time where i wanted to um be a spray paint wholesaler there yeah. was time where i wanted to be like a mural artist there was times where i wanted to be a commercial painter and times where i wanted to be a studio artist and like all these things i feel like are leading me in a direction where i want to eventually just do one of those things and do one of those things very well and I think that's for me it's like painting you think you'll be happy only doing one of those I think so yeah I think um, yeah that's not to say I won't like uh, paint mess <laughs> like do do the occasional mural or outdoor project or, mm -hmm. or do like a site specific project like I think I, I will still do that I just um, I really enjoy the simplicity of just being a studio like um yeah, it's just more clear. It's like a, a clearer vision of, of how you want your work to look and just doing that, whether, um, you know, earlier on it's about, it was about, you know, doing com high visibility projects or like building a business where now I want that to be just a little bit simpler for me, you know? Mm -hmm. Simpli simplifying life is a <laughs> sounds like a good it way to go. Yeah, it's, it's, it's a pretty challenge complex. too. Yeah. It's not, um, a lot of things need to happen before I... Um, I'm able to just do my paintings like I don't think um, I'm quite there yet but it's uh, it's a work in progress it's a good like it's a good long-term goal for me mm -hmm. to have and, and keep on the back of my mind I like that thought I think yeah but what you said though is that you kind of have to do a bunch of things to then yeah really make the decision to be like here's here's a here's one thing that I'll pursue and I'll I'll be true to it sure yeah because I was kind of in that position really earlier on like uh, I think um, me and Colin got that studio in Acme just down the street from here. Like, mm -hmm. um, like, uh, uh, what year would that be? Like 2009. Mm -hmm. And, uh, when we first moved in together, it was like, I remember just like, we were playing hacky sack, <laughs> like in the, an empty room. We're like, Oh yeah, there's, you know, we have a studio now and we're not painting out of our kitchens anymore. And this is like kind of this great moment where we were just like, in an empty room um <laughs> it was about like 600 square feet yeah. or whatever and uh, it was like me colin and brent Clowater. Mm -hmm. we were, were all sharing this one space and then um i remember really early back then we when we first moved in we literally just had like one rack of like of paint like <laughs> it was like miscellaneous house paints and uh certain things and then i had like one panel in there and i think yeah, so I think I was, uh, yeah, and then so it, through evolution, it's like I, I took on the spray paint business and I took on 
doing commercial work and all these other things and now my uh you know our studio looks the way it does where yeah. it's like very busy and dense with a lot of different um mediums at play like everyone's work there's like a woodworking area mm-hmm. and all these things and uh you know all those things are kind of related to to painting but um now i'm at a position where i long for that original now studio. you're gonna start throwing things out <laughs> yeah where it was like literally there's no computers there's no anything you just go into a room and you like create you just make art from like a blank i like that yeah like <laughs> n- with n- with nothing else and i think that's kind of like yeah in a roundabout way how you get to kind of focus your life and simplify yeah. things to mm-hmm. what you really love to do probably so goes in cycles yeah. i'm jealous of those artists i don't know if you follow like some like i follow on instagram and sometimes they would show a shot of their studio and it would be just like a giant room with white walls and canvases hanging in progress they just like walk around and paint yeah it yeah. sounds like what you're describing yeah i saw uh i was telling james this the other day uh one of our other studio mates but james we, knight yeah um shout out james knight for 100 <laughs> ml find him on instagram he's cool uh we were talking about this uh i was explaining to him i saw this picture of cy twombly's studio and it okay. was just like literally uh you know a giant room with paintings along the wall and then like one crate in the center that you know which i, I imagine with the paintings would go in where they would ship them <laughs> to the gallery or whatever but that's literally and then like two chairs you know yeah. it's like that's wow. kind of awesome uh that would be uh, I hope you do that one day. That'll be like a true retreat where you like rent out a cabin somewhere far away, <laughs> just an empty house and yeah, and do like a residency or something. Yeah, and yeah, that'd be really cool. Yeah, it would be just like pure, pure art. Yeah. Sorry, I yeah. just realized one thing I didn't touch on that I want to talk about with the art show is that so, as uh, well, clearly you're quite successful and like uh, we're becoming more and more successful within the art world you're selling a lot more work and you've been represented by Kimoto Gallery which I think uh, I don't know if you want to touch on that very quickly how that came to be uh, what I wanted to ask is uh, how do you ad- address pricing now because that's a, always a uh, I think a tough uh, subject for artists to figure out what the artwork should be worth yeah it, it, it is tough I think um, it's definitely something that's uh, a work in uh, always a work in progress like you always want to kind of look at it and look at the um, um, I don't want to say demand for your work but you look at um, yeah you consider everything going into it and I think for for me it's uh, you know working with Komodo has been amazing like our relationship kind of uh, flourished just out of um, uh, from like a single email that Kat sent me one day and um to contribute work to their grand opening uh mm-hmm. i think he's he's worked in other uh, uh i think he worked at ian tan and other galleries mm-hmm. um before so he kind of had some experience but he's an artist himself he he does paintings and uh i think uh for me at the time he it, it just it just felt like um um like he was a real human being like a lot of the gallerists gallerists that i was dealing with i, I just wasn't uh really seeing eye to eye with so Mm -hmm. um yeah he's helped me a lot with like figuring out pricing and figuring out um what your sweet spot is and i think um yeah it's 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 something that's we're always like looking at and trying to Mm -hmm. trying to um figure out exactly but a lot of it was just um you know you look at the other galleries uh, or the other artists that exhibit at that same gallery and kind of what where their pricing is so you want you want I wanted my pricing to fit in with in context with some of the other artists based on where they're at in their careers and where I'm at so 
you know that kind of influences the cost and um, you know you also want to you know for me accessibility was a big thing initially it was like making sure yeah. that um, your prices weren't uh, too high too quickly because it's really hard to go the other way around yeah um, it's like knowing your audience and then kind of it's almost like gauging it around that as well yeah and also like just um, yeah it's something that is that we're always working on it sounds like so many things to consider yeah because yeah. in the end it's like it, it is whatever you say but n- not so true because it is what people are willing to pay for your work right totally yeah. and then and then there's times where people don't question the pricing at all and it's just like oh. it's like when you put it <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you put a bid in on a on an art job or something and you're like uh you think about the price over and over again and you say <laughs> to the client client and they're like okay and you're like ah, i should, should ask <laughs> for more <laughs> yeah exactly so it's um yeah you never really know you just kind of want to yeah, consider as many uh, as many things as you can going into it, and then. Uh, but there's a totally different relationship, uh, like like you just mentioned, client work versus pricing your personal work. Yeah, it's so, it's like you can't really use the same numbers almost. It just doesn't translate. No, yeah, it's it's hard. I mean, with art, it's probably the easiest um, for me now. Like, I think commercial projects are are a lot harder because you have so many variables to consider. Like, accessibility can really change like accessibility to a wall right it's like it's a wall that's this big and you're like okay well that seems pretty straightforward and then you're like oh and then you realize that you can't actually there's like bushes in front of it (laughs) so you need like a ladder or some something like that like texture sucks and then the texture of the wall is annoying and then there's all these pipes you know and all these (laughs) things and you're like oh well you know this is actually really difficult but i feel like at least with that there's a criteria (laughs) but i guess it's personal there's a criteria you can kind of consider like what you just mentioned but right and then you can kind of look at the design that they want, but when it's your work, it's just I don't. It feels like when you're pricing your work, you can only do the math so much, and then you have to go by, yeah, all the other criteria, the kind of abstract. Like, what is the value of work? Do people like you? Do people know you? Is that a part of it? You right. Know, yeah. yeah. So I think uh, I think working with galleries is good because they help you, yeah, establish a market value for your work. So once, you know, once your value is established, is basically a, you know, it becomes a price per square foot essentially and then that shouldn't change um you know because generally you you hope you're you know painting the same kind of um style of work or mm-hmm. you're, you're there's a formula to which you're creating from and then um you know once that market value is established then it's uh, you can you know adjust it as you as you move through but do you actually look at it as price per square foot when you're pricing your work is pretty much yeah oh so you do there you go. I yeah. So there, there is a math you can do. <laughs> there is, but uh, but I think what goes into the number is a lot of. It's just a starting point. Yeah. It's just a starting point mm-hmm. because, you know, with commissions, there's a different price because usually you're dealing a lot more with the client. You have to custom order things, so there's different pricing for for commissions. So, yeah, it, it's it's something that becomes standard, but through a lot of, uh, yeah, we'll say, uh, I guess trial and error, um, yeah. you know, coming yeah. in. I'll have to do that for July, so I'll have to figure out. I'll be bugging you a lot at the studio. Oh, so man, bug away. Yeah. Uh, how did you come to be so in the studio? I feel like you're the go-to guy for working with new materials. So somehow you just <laughs> know how to work with a lot of stuff. Um, yeah, I, I think um, part of that is just, like, my obs- my obsession with process, you yeah. know, like um, working with spray paint and working with, uh, with latex a lot and just figuring figuring things out and I think a lot of that is just me making 
dumb mistakes. Like it's always like the result of me learning something is from <laughs> something dumb I did. We're <laughs> learning on your mistakes is what you're saying. Yeah. So well, then that's, nice. I, that's why I love sharing that information because I really don't want someone to have to go <laughs> through what I did to, to kind of learn th- those lessons. And, um, uh, yeah, those are no fun. Especially yeah. if like a piece gets ruined by something stupid, you did, like used a varnish and it's wrong. And uh. yeah, I know it's like, yeah, and I think that goes back to the idea of like jumping in for head first and being yeah. a doer. It's like <laughs> when you do that, you're you're definitely at the mercy of all these little mistakes that that you could make. Like, um, <coughs> but that's just how you end up learning, though, right? Yeah, yeah. exactly. So. What are you did some giant giant projects? What will be what's your most memorable or one of them? Uh, one of the most memorable freelance projects you did. Um, Speaking about jumping into big things. <laughs> The biggest one was the one I did last year with the the Surrey biofuel mm. project. Oh, so yeah. they built a new facility in Surrey that was um, <laughs> it's like a, uh, a closed loop recycling facility where they mm. um, um, they bring in compost and and um, uh, waste and then they they renew that uh, they turn it into energy and then basically all the trucks that bring collect the stuff and bring it in is all fueled by the same uh same product so it's a complete closed loop uh recycling facility Mm -hmm. big building i i put in a bid for it uh early in the year and um i i happened to to win and i think a lot of that is because (laughs) i my pricing was like way too low (laughs) little did you know little did i know (laughs) i was uh did you think it was a lot at the time um, I thought it was like I was kind of fair. yeah it was fair it was at, at uh, a point in time in the year where I was wasn't saying no to anything like I was just uh, very willing to work and so um, this thing came in and uh, I looked at the specs uh, and the drawings and I was like damn this looks that this looks hard <laughs> and I kind of went in my mind through a different different practices of how we would execute it and I had to explain some of that in my submission mm-hmm and uh yeah i thought it was like a pretty fair price but i i also didn't consider like the commute like and the hours were really difficult because i didn't have like first aid certification so we could only work when there was other people on the site Mm -hmm. which you know halfway through the job i ended up getting my first aid so we could stay later and that kind of thing (laughs) but yeah it was like super early starts which is completely not what I'm used to, uh, <laughs> in the sense that I'm, you know, usually going, t- my commute's very close and, you know, I have the freedom to kind of control your days, control yeah. my days. So that was really tough. Like just being on site at 7am every morning <laughs> and, uh, working on this job. I remember seeing you those days at the studio. <laughs> when you come back, you look so drained. Uh, you also tanned so much. Yeah, it was, it was, a uh, it was tough. And I learned a lot of like, we we had to do these circles um i think there are like 600 <laughs> circles they're uh, all three three feet in diameter but they're all alternating um between 10 shades of green yeah so each dot had a color code to it and then uh they were all placed in a in sort of like a polka dot pattern yeah uh so they were all staggered so we had to measure each <laughs> dot and then also the surface was like um was like aluminum siding or like painted uh, factory right. finished aluminum siding so we had to use this like um adhesion primer first to make it stick to, to make paint. it stick oh to the God. paint and yeah. i'm like why you know i remember <laughs> thinking like why are we even doing this like this is so <laughs> hard and annoying uh and the access was like you know lift access um both walls were awkward like 
it was it was just a challenge and uh, you know after it was all done like i think it took about six weeks to complete and then um once we were done i was like you know what that that actually wasn't that bad but i definitely like six weeks is a long time (laughs) i definitely (laughs) learned a lot of six weeks of total painting time i think it was it stretched out to you know about three months because there were rainy days and stuff wow but um i learned a lot of really really good lessons um just about primers and um different paints and and proper proper way to um um to paint to paint stuff oh, would you do that again though um i would but i'd probably ask for like three times as much money <laughs> um <laughs> and then just throw it out there and if they say yes and i'll be like okay well yeah here we go again. yeah yeah three, so. t- three months out of your life but when you look at it that way it's like wow that's actually <laughs> that's a big chunk it was yeah. it was a big chunk, but uh, yeah, I think the lessons I got from it were like really really valuable, and um, yeah, at the end of the day, it's a good piece for my my portfolio. It was funny because the guy, um, it was kind of like a thankless job too, because it was very commercial. So it's oh. like, you know, you uh, oftentimes when I would do murals in my own artistic style or or do a mural even for a brand style, they would mm-hmm. be um, really thankful and that kind of thing. But this project was like. Uh, through a commercial painting firm who is fulfilling these graphics for an architect uh, <laughs> and a construction company. So it was just kind of like, oh, you did it. Great. They're the chain of command. Yeah, See good it. job. Yeah, yeah. so it was, it was <laughs> extremely thankless. And then also um, we were joking in the studio because the guy um, had hit me up again to get some basic quoting on this other <laughs> insane commercial painting project. He's like, oh, I just need a quick quote. Don't, you know, don't look into the numbers pretty seriously. And then I was, I was telling James in the studio, I was like, oh man, I, you know, I totally thought this guy hated me. And oh. he was like, <laughs> clearly he still does. <laughs> I went away. And I just started laughing hysterically because yeah, it's all these projects are just insane torture. And that's probably why, but then, yeah, think about how many people can even execute that. And it's like, no wonder, I mean, there's got to oh, probably only so many people who can like, take take up such a big job and then like still have an artistic uh, uh like an artistic understanding but also being able to execute a technical job like that yeah like, and then there's you the only one the only <laughs> one you <can> do. <laughs> uh, they're, yeah they're gonna keep uh, coming do you think do you think <laughs> you can get to <laughs> do you now get to work on projects that you do you get to choose um projects that you like rather than having to like pick projects that are coming do you would you say that change is happening um i hope it is uh <laughs> i really do because um i think this year is just going to be a good uh measuring stick in the sense that um i definitely set out to create a lot more paintings this year mm-hmm. um so we'll see how uh you know how well they they do and and how well i work in the studio but um yeah i think last year was was pretty insane like i did a, a full basketball court which yep. uh looks sick Nice it was work. amazing. I was super happy. That was like one of my favorite projects to work on, but it was also one of the more like physical and, l- mm-hmm. and laborious. And it was funny because I brought Kaylin on to the project because she, uh, she wasn't working at the time. And <laughs> I was like, oh, yo, this is going to be a fun project. You know, the, the park's like a block away from her house and <laughs> we'll just get to like chill and paint the court. And it ended up being like the most heavy lifting, grueling. Just pushing the paint with those giant uh, squeegees yeah. and like, yeah, because all the paint had sand in it. So like these 18 <laughs> liter uh, drums were like twice as heavy and stuff. And it was just like, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was, it was very physical. And um, yeah, so that was funny, but yeah, I think um, I think this summer, like a uh, you know, I'm 
I would probably, if I had the choice, I'd probably want to see what it's like to work in the studio all summer mm -hmm. and create create artwork instead of uh, creating murals and see how that uh, how that works out in terms of uh, financially and and just filling up my time and uh, yeah this year will be a good kind of measuring stick for me to figure out uh, how the next year will kind of I guess you'll turn out. keep me posted I get you yeah. know you know you're doing better projects is when you're like saying no more than you're saying yes and you're like oh yeah. I actually get to be picky which is yeah good yeah. place to be in yeah I think so I, I definitely um, think I'm getting a lot less inquiries I think just based on um, the what my portfolio used to look like uh, you know being a graffiti artist uh, and marketing yourself a, as that uh, which is something I, I you know I did for a little while as I was transitioning to fine art uh, you definitely get a lot more inquiries of like oh hey I have a gymnasium like can you paint uh, mm -hmm. uh, a mural in it we w we love graffiti can you do this and uh, I definitely don't get those kind of uh, emails anymore so is that good yes yeah, that's good you don't I do think that kind of stuff I mean sometimes it's like really like for something like film or something where it's like really easy you get paid super well for mm -hmm. um, the amount of time you put in and um, something like graffiti is like a skill that that I have in my back pocket it's uh, like I can bring it out when it, when I need to but it but um, yeah that that's stuff there's no uh, there's no harm in doing that to you know fill up a weekend or or you know fill yeah, up a yeah, single yeah. week of work and um it's worth doing without disrupting yourself too much i guess yeah right yeah so man we're unfortunately almost out of time and i actually didn't get into well let's see maybe a third of things i want to get into oh, i damn. think unfortunately we'll have to skip the i want to talk about the mona prints that you did okay yeah yeah for sure show. yeah i don't know but i don't know if that's uh too many things i gotta ask you actually well i don't know, quickly do i don't know if you want to talk about those before you throw a couple of questions at you Totally. Yeah. yeah, I can I can um, get into it really quick. Do an outline. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so um, um, the monoprints. Uh, it's a series I did of um, uh, screen printed series of different uh, different shapes on um, on archival paper, and um, basically it was. Uh, uh, I've always thought about doing the, this idea of like studies to mm -hmm. kind of complement my paintings, and um, the monoprint idea just came about because. Uh, it was a way for me to make uh, a one-of-one, one, like unique set of prints. So each piece is no as unlike another, mm -hmm. but uh, yeah, they sort of have the same kind of feeling, or they're they are encapsulated in a in a series, like a print series. So what I did is, um, well, like we were talking earlier, I worked a lot with cut paper in the series. Mm -hmm. So uh, I would scan in like some of my favorite shapes that I I, uh, I created from paper, and then. Uh, from there, we burn those shapes into screens, and then um, my screen printer uh, uh, Ben Knight um, and I would go into the, his studio to, uh, and basically I would play with pace placement and color, and he would kind of operate the screen press. So each one we kind of had like this small window in which you know there was paint in the in the screen, and it would eventually dry out, or we'd cycle through certain colors and certain mm -hmm. forms. So like be like place this one here boom uh go on to the next one place this one and then uh okay now we're switching out the colors so it was like kind of a neat way to um kind of uh work with the idea of just making do with something and mm -hmm. not really um you know sometimes i i with paintings i i have the freedom to to work and rework things um uh, whereas working with paper there's a certain airy quality oh, yeah. to it so mm -hmm. you don't want to 
you can't really you don't have that option to like rework things so yeah and then you put your, those lines on top with the marker after and that's like yeah nothing you can do after that yeah yeah, yeah. so like some i would draw on after yeah. or some i would draw before and then do the screen print so it just kind of like gave me a nice set of rules that i could could kind of like create uh like a, s a series of studies basically i thought it was a really good solution too to what you were talking about um finding ways to you know try to produce more work while keeping once again true to yourself yeah and that you know that i don't know, that must have sped up the process because once you've had those shapes figured out for the language you want to pursue right yeah 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 so it was just kind of uh yeah about i mean you could do as many you could it was just like a, a way to highlight the idea of like you know even if you're limited to uh you know say 13 shapes which is what we use mm -hmm. um and introducing the amount of uh you know 13 shapes uh 15 colors yeah. um there's a perpetual like endless amount of um results that you can get from that so very awesome and the mm -hmm. texture of the paper it just looks beautiful so i think that was like a pretty nice marriage of uh yeah the shapes and that texture this totally. is kind of what you're talking about yeah all right what's your uh let's see let's do this uh, pretty quickly what was your biggest failure biggest failure um <laughs> big questions gee i don't know i don't know if i have one standout failure but i think i've had lots of little failures along <laughs> the way and I've, i'm someone that very much uh likes the idea of failure in the sense that uh it it's you know either way if you fail or if you win you still learn something and yeah. i think failure is important to like like we were talking about like all the times where i picked the wrong medium or all the times <laughs> where i like you know uh was trying to rush through something to get it done um yeah there's there's <laughs> lots of little moments uh i don't know if i can go into too much detail you're too positive for uh, an artist yeah <laughs> well i just might bore you with all these little m these little nuances nobody understands the difference between matte paint and <laughs> yeah yeah so picked it too glossy of a paint and didn't work out in the wall <laughs> totally yeah so there's there's like a million and one of yeah. those um along the way but uh i think failure is important to learning yeah. for sure yeah what's the last piece of art that you've purchased that i've purchased um I I bought a, a screen print from the Jaunt. It's like um, a company that does um, artist residency and and screen prints. Mm -hmm. It was actually uh, I don't th I don't think it's no, it's not a mono print, but it it is a, a series of prints from this guy Alex Brewer, mm -hmm. and he is um, he's kind of up there for me in terms of uh, artists that I look up to. He's someone that started in um, in Atlanta in the graffiti scene and kind of. Um, was doing abstract works pretty earlier on, like uh, kind of before before I started. So he, he sort of like um, is a trailblazer in 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 that regard of uh, creating creating abstracts from like a, a background in graffiti. Cool. Um, and uh, yeah, his work is very bright and colorful. He does a lot of murals and uh, large scale projects as well, and and large scale paintings. Uh, awesome. They're they're beautiful and. Uh, yeah, my friend, my friend Billy put me on to this, uh, that he was doing like a, a residency in Ireland. Oh, wow. And so the idea was that he would go uh, through this company, The Jaunt, and go and create a screen print um, on location, and then they would release it online, and we are lucky enough to both get one of those. So That's sweet. Yeah. yeah especially those limited editions are kind of hard to get. Totally, I've been tracking yeah. some artists, I just miss it always. Okay, man, last one. It's uh, too bad. I got so many questions, but uh, we'll have to wrap up. I think I'll just have to get you back. Uh, when you're working on the next body of work too. Okay, okay, yeah. okay, last question. What would what advice would you give your younger self 
um, after you finish post-secondary? Ooh, let's see. Um, I'd probably tell myself to, like, stay in school. <laughs> Actually? <laughs> Even though I probably wouldn't <laughs> listen to myself. Um, but, um, yeah, I, I think um, what I ended up doing is, like, I went to Emily Carr and I left. Uh, two years in to kind of pursue freelance work um, mm -hmm. I was like really into graffiti at the time and I was really into like the idea of working in the field and I didn't really feel like um, like school was really uh, I, I it was just kind of like r um, wrong wrong place wrong time kind of thing like I think mm -hmm. I look back now and and the opportunity that I was given that earlier on I think I would have really uh, now I would really soak that information in because I studied under a lot of abstract um, oh, cool. abstract painters in, in at Emily Carr, so it's never too late. Yeah, I could always <laughs> go back <laughs> if you uh, really want. Are but things are going really well, so I guess you don't really need to. Yeah, but um, yeah, it's interesting how like you know you you need to like remove yourself from that to kind of see the value in it. And I mm -hmm. think it was it wasn't until I left art school and was in the field for like. Uh, working for two years making very little money uh <laughs> scraping by and then just like realizing the um the opportunity that i had yeah. and then and then just kind of wishing that uh a lot of those lessons kind of flooded back to me and um um would reoccur in my head and i'd be like oh yeah this is why um but it sounds like it sounds like you you maintain the studies and force yourself to study anyway so yeah i think you're, you're you're good you're good in your own hands uh, i probably would have told myself to buy a house too oh, there you go <laughs> that's right I, if you're aware of vancouver scene that should have done yeah no, scott thank you so much man oh, sorry okay. the time My is uh, running out i think yeah i think let's just uh, i hope the show goes great and we'll just get you back when you're start starting a new body of work awesome man thank you i'd love to and yeah. then so where can people find you uh people can find me on instagram at scott sumi and um at the Komodo Gallery. Come to my show. Sweet. May That's 11th. right. So May 11th, Komodo Gallery. Be there because it's going to be amazing. Oh, I'm also doing an artist talk on May 26th, I think. So between oh, one yeah. and two. So all that information is on the gallery website. So if you uh, want to hear me talk again. Because <laughs> you know you do. It's going to be incredible. <laughs> He's not yeah. done. He's yeah. a, just, a, just full of amazing information. <laughs> so be there. I'll be there. Thank you so much. Awesome. Thank you. Whew, man, that was so good. I think the time went by way too fast. I guess next time we'll just get into more stuff. If you want to learn more about Creative Theory Podcast, uh, we're Instagram, Facebook, and all that. That's how you find more info. Next week, SnackCast. Don't miss out. Same time, 2 to 4 p.m. Otherwise, thanks for listening. I appreciate you all. Hopefully, you learned something. I definitely did. And goodbye. Goodbye. <laughs>